Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey legends, welcome to episode 133 of the podcast. I hope the sun is shining wherever you are. What a few days it's been here in Ireland. We're not used to this heat. It's good though, everybody's in good form. I'm in good form myself. I do apologise for missing last week's episode of the podcast. It was really, really busy and I think I did mention it a few weeks ago on the podcast. When things get busy, the podcast is probably the one that's going to be put on the back burner. I'll do as many of them as I can, but they definitely won't be happening every week. So yeah, that's pretty much why it didn't happen last week. Something I've seen on social media during the week, I know I'm always ready giving you the little social social media updates on the podcast. There's apparently an Irish podcast awards now. And guess what, guys? We didn't make it. <laughs> We're not getting an award. We didn't make it into the awards. We haven't been nominated. Well, to be fair, it looks to me like it's actually people nominating themselves and asking their followers to vote for them and frankly I'm not going to do that guys I'm not going to do that that's not worth anything to me so yeah I'm not going to do that but it got me thinking even back to other award ceremonies and stuff that has gone on over the years and I have received a few awards at this stage which is really nice it's always nice to get them but then something else happened a few years ago that got me thinking about my own values too and I kind of took a stand on that because I suppose You guys have probably figured out from the podcast, I am quite principled in a lot of the stuff that, you know, the way I go through life, I have my values, I have my principles, and I'm quite strong on a lot of those. Um, Yeah, so a few years back, I was up for awards in the fitness industry, and I was getting nominated for awards and whatever, and I remember then, I think it was like 2019, I was at this award ceremony where I was, again, I was nominated for an award, but once you get nominated, after that, it goes to a public vote. So what I was seeing that night in nearly every category of the award ceremony, there was people winning awards that shouldn't have been winning them. And there was people who were at the very top of the industry that weren't getting the awards they should have. They were being overlooked for people that had done absolutely nothing. Um, and I don't mean that to sound bitter because I'm not talking about myself here. I'm talking about other categories where I was just stunned that there was some people that didn't get the awards they should have done. And to be fair, there was a general feeling in that room that night where even at the tables we were kind of saying it among ourselves. Um so I went away and I was thinking about it more and more and I was thinking about my own values and I was thinking, well, why do I, why do I even turn up? Why do I even want this award? And yeah, it would have been nice to get it. Of course it would. But the more I delved deeper on it and the more I questioned myself on it, what I was coming back to was that it didn't really make that much difference to me. I don't need that validation. I don't need people telling me I'm great. And I decided, you know what, what's actually really important to me is that I can look myself in the mirror and I know I'm doing a great job and I know I've given it my very best and I'm showing up for my clients and I'm putting everything I have into getting them the results and into helping them to transform their lives. That's what actually matters to me. That's where my core values are. So left it a little bit of time, thought on it for a little bit and then I contacted the people who were organising the award ceremony and I said to them that I was going to pull my name from the award ceremonies and I didn't want to be associated with it going forward. And I explained my reasons. I was very honest with them. I said to them, there's people in every, almost every category there where the right winner was overlooked. Um, as you can imagine, they probably didn't take it too well. But I felt like I had to just be honest with myself and I had to be honest with them as well. And I didn't want my name being put forward after that. So I told them I didn't want to be included if... I'm making the shortlist again. Please leave me out. I don't want to be there. Um, Yeah, I don't think it went down well. But it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing for me. And okay, maybe I might have missed out on some awards. That's okay. That's okay because I felt like it was the right thing for me to do at that time. And I stand by it. And funnily enough, folks, 
I think that was 2019, if I'm right. That award ceremony hasn't actually been run since. I have a funny feeling, I could be wrong, I have a funny feeling there may be other people within the industry who expressed the same thoughts to those organisers. So, um, yeah, if the organisers are listening, I do apologise. I'm not here to try and make you feel bad, but I did feel like I had to kind of just stand by my own morals and my own principles on that. I could be wrong, I have a funny feeling there may have been other people that did the same. But, um, yeah, that was me and my, my little stories about awards ceremonies. I have won awards since from different organisations and stuff, and I love getting them. So, um, if there's anybody listening, like, don't don't rule me out. Like, I do enjoy getting them. But I very much understand now that it's not the be-all and end-all, and I certainly don't need validation from external sources and that's something i always reiterate with clients as well like do it for yourself do it for the right reasons don't do it for external validation don't do it to impress other people don't do it because you want people telling you you're great that's not a strong reason to do anything in my opinion um but yeah i don't know where i'm going with this awards story i don't know how that even came up today but i suppose it does lead me nicely into what i wanted to speak about today which is six ways that we emotionally derail ourselves i'm stepping away from some of the little fitness stories and content today need a little bit of a break from it sometimes. I like to speak more about life stuff. You probably know I'm a pretty deep thinker. I love the mindset, psychological sort of stuff. So that's what we're going to go into a little bit more so today. So here's your six ways that we emotionally derail ourselves. The first one is always taking the safe option. So when we always take the safe option, we don't want to feel the fear. And we also don't want to feel the anxiety that comes with getting out of our comfort zone. So we go for, we go for what's easy for us. But sometimes the conversation we need to have is not the one that we want to have. But we have to get really good at having those difficult conversations and doing those difficult things. Because if we don't do that, we'll also never grow in terms of our mindset, in terms of our resilience, in terms of our coping mechanisms. We also need to be able to do the difficult thing so that we're more, we are more mentally and emotionally resilient. If you never do the difficult thing, you cannot become resilient. You always take the easy option, so you're never challenged. So therefore, how do you cope when a challenging situation comes up? A lot of people don't. That's the importance of actually not always taking the easy option. And you've heard me say it many times in the podcast. If you always choose the easy option, life gets really hard. If you choose the hard option, life gets easy. Why is that? Because you're building that mental and emotional resilience. One thing I've seen a lot of is people who have consistently done the easy, safe, comfortable option. They consistently choose the easy thing for them. But then when something challenging comes up, it's overwhelming for them. They don't know how to cope with it. There are no coping mechanisms in place. There's no skill set to deal with that. And it's almost paralysis. And I'm talking about things that most of us would deal easily with. So when we constantly put ourselves in a box and we look to you know, deal with the external challenges, we're not able to. At best, we're stagnating. Most likely, we're becoming weaker when we box ourselves off and try and stay safe and stay easy option all the time. Stagnating at best, more likely becoming weaker over time. So then we're paralyzed, we're paralyzed by self-doubt and by fear. We have no confidence in ourselves and we have no ability to actually do the difficult thing or to deal with the difficult thing. So that's the importance of not always taking the safe option. Don't be afraid to choose the challenging option. Most times in life, the challenging option is what leads to the biggest rewards. So if something is worthwhile, there will be a level of challenge involved with it. It won't be the easy option. Thinking about yourself getting in shape, for example, that's not the easy option, but it's the most rewarding option. 
And when you start to do it over and over, you become so much more resilient. And that's the same with life. If you always take the safe option, if you always take the easy option, life becomes damn hard. So six ways we emotionally derail ourselves. Number one is taking always taking the easy option. Number two is our expectations of others. This is probably one of the more interesting ones. So when we're expecting or we're predicting how somebody close to us might behave, and we're probably speaking about somebody close to us here for the most part because it usually is. When we're expecting or predicting how they might behave, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Let me say that again. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. That's not necessarily what we want to hear, and that doesn't mean they can't behave differently. But more than likely, if a person has behaved a certain way a hundred times in a row, the chances of that person behaving in a different way from now, just because that's what you would like, the chances of that are pretty close to zero. So the best predictor of future behaviour is past behaviour. And what disappoints us, or what frustrates us, or what saddens us, is not necessarily their behaviour, but rather our expectation of what their behaviour should be. So we set this expectation. And if that expectation wasn't there, would we feel the same level of disappointment? Would we feel let down as much? Would we feel as frustrated? Would we feel as angry? If we hadn't set the level of expectation. So come back to it. The best predictor of future behaviour is past behaviour. Don't get me wrong, that's not saying people can't change. Of course people can change. But again, if they've done something a hundred times in a row, it's very unlikely that you saying, you need to change this right now, that they're going to go, yeah, that's okay, I'll change from now. It's very unlikely. Chances are slim to zero. And even understanding, I guess, sometimes, like, that sounds like it's a bit of a negative connotation, but there's also, even from a positive context, when we set expectations, that if we've misjudged a situation, for example, or misjudged a person's characteristics or their personality type, that we can end up disappointed. There's a great book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It sounds like a wishy-washy, soppy book. It's not. It's actually really, really good. And it helps you actually to understand other people and what their love language is and what they appreciate and what makes them tick. So just as an example of this, one example of a love language would be, let's say, for example, physical touch. So that might be hugging people. But if, let's say, your partner has a totally different love language and it is... Acts of service, which is another one. So there's five love languages. Acts of service is another one. So let's say the expectation for you is, oh, I've done something really well today, so I want a huge big hug from this person now just to show their appreciation for me, whatever. That's the expectation you set. But that person's love language is not physical touch. That person's love language is acts of service. So rather than tell you you're absolutely amazing and give you this huge hug, what they'll do to show their love for you or to express that emotion, they might get up on the roof fixing the tiles and putting their life at risk. But if you don't understand that that's the way they show their love, their emotion, their gratitude, whatever, then you're seeing that, well, they didn't give me the hug I wanted. They didn't tell me I did great. And because you've had that expectation, now you feel like that expectation wasn't met. And now you feel disappointed in them. And now you feel like they don't care. When in fact maybe they were expressing their love for you in a different way. I hope that's making sense. 
making some sense, making sense, making some sense. Um, so yeah, that's number two in terms of how we emotionally derail, derail ourselves is our expectations of others. So it's usually the expectation that is the, the problem. It's how we expect people to behave. So number three is people pleasing. And it's a very common one. People pleasing is probably one of the most common ones. And people pleasing often comes from insecurity. And that is sometimes wanting to belong. It's wanting people to like us. It's wanting people to fit in. It's insecurity. And so we'll say and do whatever it takes to fit in. How often would you see that with teenagers, for example? But a lot of us carry it into our adulthood as well. And I think myself, I was probably a people pleaser for a long time. And I've got much better at not being a people pleaser over the last few years. But that comes from all the work I've done on myself. That comes from personal development. That comes from mindset work. It comes from growth. It comes from, in a practical sense, learning to say no as well and standing up for yourself. And definitely I can identify with the people pleasers that are listening because I've definitely been one myself. And it's something that I see throughout society at a very, very high level. People pleasing. Very often they need to be liked. They need to want to fit in. They need to belong. We want people to like us. But ultimately, you're the one who suffers. Because the more you people please, the more people will take advantage of that. That's human nature, unfortunately. People will take advantage of it. Back when I used to do personal training, here's an example. Back when I used to do PT sessions, that need to people please and keep everybody else happy was very much to my own detriment. I would basically give people whatever time they wanted. And if you give people whatever time they wanted, your PT sessions are going to be spread right throughout the day. Because some people will want to get into you at the crack of dawn before they even go to work. Others will want to get into you at 9 o'clock at night after they leave the office late. So all that's going to happen is you end up burned out, you end up frustrated, you end up resenting your clients, you end up resenting your work. And then you're not even producing the best version of your work anyway. And then your business probably suffers too. So if we constantly people please and we can never put our own needs first... We are the person that is going to suffer in the middle of all that. Without a doubt. You think you're doing something because you want to be liked or because you want to fit in or you want to keep other people happy. But you're the person who is suffering. And you're the person who's going to continue to suffer. Unless you decide that you're as important as everybody else and you need to put your own needs first. And that's not selfish. That's a requirement. So sometimes it is about... Want people to like us, sometimes it's insecurity, sometimes it's wanting to fit in. But it can also come from fear. It comes from that fear that if we do what we need to do for us, it will upset somebody else or it will have a negative effect on somebody else. And so we compromise ourselves. And while it's nice to be nice, it's not nice to be a doormat. So yes, we want to be nice to people. And this is the challenge. The challenge for us is to be that thoughtful, helpful, kind person, but also to do what's right for us. And sometimes that means saying no. This is something I think people in Ireland especially really, really struggle with saying no. And I've been saying this to my clients an awful lot lately. If you want to be truly successful in your fitness journey, in your business growth, whatever it is that you're working towards yourself, if you want to be successful, you have to get good at saying no. You have to get good at saying no. For a lot of us, that doesn't come naturally to us. We have to practice it. But if you don't take anything else from this podcast, that's the one I would take away and I would practice. If you're finding that you are a people pleaser, practice saying no until you get much, much better at it. 
until it comes a little bit more easily for you. Because if you don't say no, you will up, you will end up burned out. You will not end up run down. You will end up low in confidence. You will end up being manipulated. You will end up being taken advantage of. If you don't stand up for yourself, if you don't learn how to use that little two-letter word, you have to get good at saying no. And people-pleasing is a very, very common thing. But the reality is, it creates frustration and it creates annoyance for the other person sometimes when you say no. And we don't want that and therefore we won't do it. But here's the thing, guys. It might create frustration or annoyance temporarily for that person if we say no. But that's not really our problem. That's what you have to get your head around. That's not our problem. Because the more we be the people pleaser in somebody else's life, the more they will control us, the more they will manipulate us, and the more they'll want us to be at their beck and call. It never ends. The more you people please, the more they expect. They will want more and more and more. Where have you ever seen a situation where somebody's a constant people pleaser and it actually gets better over time? Normally it's five years down the track and they're actually saying, we want more and more and more from you and they're placing more expectation on you. And they're manipulating you more and they're expecting you more and more to be at their beck and call. It doesn't go the other way. It doesn't get better over time. You being the nice person and saying yes all the time. It doesn't lead to a better situation over time if you're people pleasing. And really for you, as the people pleaser, it's emotionally exhausting. And everything you do for them is never near enough anyway. They'll always want more. And in the middle of all that, you're miserable. You're miserable. You're saying yes to everybody else. Because you think it'll help them to like you, it'll help you to fit in, it'll make you more popular. You're exhausted and you're miserable. That's the long-term outcome of being a people pleaser. So that's number three. Number four is being a control freak. So again, coming back to the title, it is the things that emotionally derail us. So number four is being a control freak. And being a control freak really means just being unable to cope with things that are outside of our control. Which is not a great place to be because that's the human experience. There's going to be a lot of things that are outside of our control. So trying to control everything is futile. It will leave you drained of energy. It'll leave you angry. It'll leave you frustrated. You cannot control everything. The only thing you and I have control over is us. And even then it's an ongoing battle. But we need to focus on the internal, not the external. Being a control freak is when we try to control external variables. Sometimes that's other people's behaviours, choices, actions. And it's often, again, a reflection of our own insecurity. We cannot control other people's behaviours, choices or actions. And so many people are putting so much energy into trying to do that. And as we came back to in point one, they're disappointed then when their expectation is not met. And really you're only taking up your own energy. You're wasting your own energy. And you're wasting shit tons of energy. So the challenge is not to control, manage, manipulate everything that's going on around us. It's to control what's going on inside of us. That's all we can do. The best example I can give you about this that comes to mind for me is when we were in the lockdowns and COVID was going on. Everywhere I looked, all I could see was people wasting huge amounts of energy. You go onto social media or 
you'd chat to people over the wall or whatever way you were able to speak to people. And everything was people getting upset, people getting angry, people getting sad, people expressing frustration, all at the government, all at COVID, all at lockdowns. Stuff that was completely out of their control. It was absolutely futile. And I think sometimes people look at me when something's going on in the world and they don't say it, but sometimes I think in their head they're going, what's wrong with this guy? He doesn't care. And it's because I'm not getting worked up about it like they are. It's not that I don't care. It's that I have the awareness to know it's fucking stupid to put all of your energy into stuff that you can't control. I cannot control government policy. Why am I going to bother getting myself worked up about it? I cannot dictate when COVID ends, when the lockdown ends. Going back to the example we were using. I cannot control that. It's not up to me what date we're going to get out of the lockdowns. So why am I going to start getting angry about it? Why am I going to put all of my emotional energy into it? Because it's futile. There is no logical, positive end result in me putting my energy into that. And I think that's something that people don't get because when they're having their moan about it and I'm not joining in, they think it's that I don't care. It's not that I don't care, I know it's important. But it's that I'm not emotionally investing all of my energy in it. What I'm actually doing is emotionally investing my energy in things that I can control. In things that will bring something positive to my life. So I'm not going to put that into ranting about the government or ranting about COVID or ranting about Ukraine or Vladimir Putin or anything else. Again, it's not that it doesn't matter. I can't end the war in Ukraine. So I'm not going to put all of my emotional energy into that. What I'm going to put it into is what I can control. What I can control is how I show up every day. I can control how I treat people. I can control the nutrition I put into my body. I can control whether I choose to train today or not. I can control whether I do self-care practices today or not. That is the stuff that I will put my energy into because that is the stuff that will impact my life positively and will impact positively the people around me. That, to me, is much better use of my energy than external variables that are way out of my control. So that was point number four, I think, was it? Yeah, which was being a control freak or the need to be a control freak point number five we have two more to go number five on how we emotionally derail ourselves is the pointless conversation the pointless conversation is one that i've become well versed in over the years with the job that i work in but i've also learned that you have to stop having the pointless conversation at some point so effectively it's having the same conversation about the same issues for a very long time over and over and over and over and i can think of people that come to mind straight away when I say this, and I'm sure you guys can as well, you will have it in your own life, where it just seems to be the same conversation, but they're doing nothing about it, they're doing nothing with it, nothing is changing. There's definitely a couple of people in my mind, but there's one in particular. For years and years and years, this guy has been battling his weight. But I say battling, he hasn't been battling. He hasn't been doing anything about it. Like, that's the reality, and I don't mind if that sounds harsh, because that's the truth. He hasn't been doing anything about it. I could say he's battling his weight, but he's not. He's doing nothing about it. He's having the same pointless conversation over and over and over. Every time I see him, he asks me for advice. And every time he asks me for advice, I give him the same advice. What does he do? Absolutely zilch until he sees me again. And then he'll tell me the sob story again. And he'll tell me why nothing works for him. And he'll ask me for advice. Do you know what he wants, guys? He wants me to say something different. Going back to point one, he wants me to give him an easy option. And when I say the same thing over and over, 
He's not hearing what he wants, so he does nothing with it. He comes back again the next few months later, whenever we meet again. He has the same conversation, hoping I'll say something different. I don't, because the truth doesn't change. And then he goes away again, and he does the same thing, which is nothing. And then he comes back the next time, hoping for a different conversation. All the time, he's gaining more and more weight. He's becoming more and more miserable. But we're having the same fucking conversation every time. Now, I don't have the conversation with that guy anymore. He's been very much left in the past. Why? Because I will not keep having the pointless conversation. It doesn't move anybody's life forward. Having the same conversation about the same issues over a number of months or years is not doing anything for anybody. So we need to get to a point, I suppose, where that conversation becomes redundant. And I need to stop wasting my energy on this conversation. I'm using the example of the weight loss guy. You guys might be having the same conversation with a partner. It might be somebody in business. It might be somebody in work. But if it's having that same conversation where nothing's changing, you're going round in circles, we need to stop wasting energy on that conversation. For me, I need to either A, stop having the conversation and just let it go. Put it in a jar, take it to the edge of a cliff, throw it over, good luck, it's gone, bye. That's A. Or B, have a different conversation with them. Have a different conversation. Because remember, folks, if nothing changes, nothing changes. If you're having the same conversation over and over and over, nothing is going to change. Round in circles we go. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So your options are have no conversation or have a different conversation. Stop having the pointless conversation because that pointless conversation, again, will derail you emotionally. It will drain your energy. It will make you frustrated. It will make you angry. Yeah, it's not serving anybody. So that's number five, the pointless conversation. The last one, number six, is the need that we always have, or sorry, the need that we have to be right. Is number six, the need that we have to be right. What an exhausting existence that is, the need to always be right. So basically when you create an existence where you need to be right and you can't be wrong. And again, there are people like that in the world as well. There are a lot of people like that in the world. It's people who need to be right and they need to be right so much that they don't listen to anybody who doesn't sound like them. Anybody who doesn't have the same beliefs as them. Anybody who doesn't back up what they say. They're the people that need to always be right. And when we're in a place where there's no possibility that we could be wrong, we get angry and frustrated with those who disagree with us. So what a lot of people do is they choose to live in an echo chamber and only listen to those who think, talk and believe like them. So it's confirmation bias is what we call it. They will look for evidence that they're right and they will get rid of all other evidence. So they'll only turn to people who have the same beliefs or who say the same things or who back up what they believe. And that's confirmation bias. And we live in such a, a an era at the moment, it's, it's kind of a dangerous thing, I suppose, but even with social media and the, the algorithms, they feed you more of what you believe. So this is where, even with the likes of conspiracy theorists and stuff like that, they're clicking on all of the stuff that they believe and they're getting so deep into it and going down that rabbit hole that the algorithms then with social media and with the internet will feed them more and more of that. So over time, that's all they're seeing and they're not seeing the other side of the argument at all. And when I say not seeing it, I don't mean they're even choosing to ignore it. I mean, they're literally not seeing it. The likes of the Facebook algorithm will not put it in front of them because it knows that what they're interested in is what they've clicked on. So it'll show them more and more and more of that. That's when social media becomes quite dangerous. I'm saying conspiracy theorists. I don't mean to insult anybody with that phrase. 
that same example goes for pretty much everything. If you are on social media, you've probably seen what I'm talking about. If there's something you read a lot of, like if you're into sports, for example, and you read it or you're into football, you might read a lot of football articles. It'll start presenting more and more and more of it until your timeline is just full of football articles. So we pretty much have a confirmation bias as well where we're talking about people who, again, need to be right. It's the same thing. They'll only they'll actually, though, they'll actively only listen to people who think and believe the same things as them. It's that need to be right, which is absolutely exhausting, to be fair. Um, So, look, the opposite of the need to be right is being open minded. It's being humble and it's understanding that the way we the way we see something is just the way we see something. So somebody else might see it differently and that's okay. And I think that's probably been a little bit more open minded. And that wouldn't be a bad thing for a lot of us, to be honest. We're not always right. I think sometimes people struggle to see that because they're so set on how they view it that they don't really realise that there could be an alternative view. And I think it's okay to have an alternative view. And I think the biggest thing for most of us is actually not that we have to agree with the alternative view, but that we can accept that there is an alternative view. We don't need to be right all the time. I think it's okay to say, you know what, I might not necessarily agree with you, but I absolutely respect your opinion and I respect your right to a different opinion. So let me just recap again on our six points that we, or six ways we emotionally derail ourselves. So number one was always taking the safe option. Number two was our expectations of others. Number three was people pleasing. Number four was being a control freak. And number five was the pointless conversation. And number six was the need to be right. Those are our six ways that we emotionally derail ourselves. There are probably many more, but those are six that I decided I would share with you today. Hope you've enjoyed that. If something landed, please do let me know. Send me send me a message. Drop me, drop me a line on social media. Let me know if you enjoyed it. Let me know if something resonated. Let me know if there's something you could take away. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for today. Hope you enjoyed that. For another week, I will leave you and love you. And I hope the sun keeps shining wherever you are. Chat to you soon.